Welcome to Perspectives on Perseverance with Dr. Mark Ballard, President of Northeastern Baptist College in Bennington, Vermont. At NEBC, we are committed to developing the mind of a scholar, the heart of a shepherd, and the perseverance of a soldier. This podcast seeks to provide biblical, historical, and contemporary perspectives on perseverance that will help you persevere in your walk with the Lord and in your service to Him, to His people, and His creation. Today is our 13th episode. Join me as we consider a couple examples of perseverance today. How are you doing today, President Ballard? Well, despite being another year older, I'm doing well. That's right. You just celebrated a birthday a couple days ago. Yeah, just uh, five days after yours and uh, a couple days here uh, since uh, the end of my new year here. So, yes, uh, I was born 443 years after Zwingli (laughs) and the Zurich City Council ruled against the Anabaptists, Joe. Uh, and told them to stop preaching believers' baptism and that they had to to baptize their infants within eight days, and of course they didn't do that. But we talked about that a couple weeks back. It never dawned on me until recently that it was actually on my birthday that that happened. But but today I'm actually thinking about something else, Joe. I'm thinking about Jeremiah. Well, all right. I'm assuming you're not thinking about the bullfrog. <laughs> no, although every time I say Jeremiah, the song comes into my head, or at least that line. It does, and you just ruin the day for a bunch of our listeners I, now that I you know, say that. I know, I know. Well, listen, uh, you know, the reason I'm thinking about Jeremiah, Joe, is because most people I know and that I've met over the years are very surprised when opposition comes into their life. Uh, we kind of get the idea that once we trust the Lord, uh, everything's going to be okay, or or maybe as a believer, once I surrender to his leading and say, God, I'll do whatever you want, then everything is going to be all right. But wait, 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 wait. Hang on. Are you saying that's not true? <laughs> and Joe, you've worked for me long enough to know better than that. <laughs> well, I mean, I wasn't going to make it that obvious. <laughs> uh, well, can't listen, countless times throughout my life, I've, I've had people come up to me and say something like, you know, since I've been trusting Jesus and following his leadership, it seems like... I'm facing more and more opposition or more and more difficulties, not less. You know, President Ballard, I confront that often when I'm preaching, and Mm. and, and I ask the question of, do you expect persecution? Mm. And people say, no. And I say, well, why not? Jesus said you were going to face it. Mm, That's exactly right. In fact, Jesus warned his followers uh, that he said, in this world, you will have tribulation. And as you just noted, he said, if they persecuted me, they'll persecute you also. So, so Jesus, Jesus kind of tells us what to expect, uh, that we should really expect opposition when we follow him. Mm. So I'm guessing you're talking about the Jeremiah in the Bible. <laughs> and having brought in the persecution quote, we can obviously speculate some areas this is going, but <laughs> obviously Jeremiah knew how to persevere through persecution. So yeah. how did he do that? Well, you know, he's one of those guys who knew from the beginning of his calling that he was going to face great trials. It, it really wasn't a surprise to him, or if it was, it shouldn't have been, because the, the Lord actually warned him on the very day that he called him that he had a hard message that he wanted him to convey, and that his message was not going to be well received. Uh, in contrast today, many people think, hey, when I preach the truth of God's Word, everybody's going to be excited for the message, and man, everybody's going to get saved, everybody's going to get right with God, they're going to flock to come and hear me, and uh, man, uh, we get shocked when the opposition comes. And sometimes we begin to say, God, did I miss something here? You know, uh, We, we, we kind of think God's going to remove our enemies and all the trials. 
and maybe some trials will come, but they'll be short-lived and everything's going to be okay. You know, President Bell, I, I got to interrupt you, and I got to say, I love those guys. Mm. Not not because I know what's coming. I don't, I don't ever know what's coming, but I love those guys that are excited about the message of the gospel. As a matter of fact, I'd, I'd say I am one of those guys. Mm-hmm. I think we preach an awesome message, but as we look around our country, we see that the average tenure of an evangelical pastor is somewhere between 12 to 18 months. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes a guy will get five years in there, but uh, usually that's with fair sailing weather. And so mm-hmm. uh, we see with Jeremiah, it wasn't quite uh, five years. It was a bit longer than that, wasn't it? Yeah, the, and the fact of the matter is is, is that uh, while many people, as you just noted, Joe, uh, don't really expect opposition, um, then they get into the situation and fill it, and, and that does contribute to to a lot of resignations. Mm. In fact, mo- most uh, articles and statistics and books over the years, uh, through through really much of, of my ministry, and certainly is the case today, indicate that a large majority of evangelical pastors consider resigning every Monday morning. In fact, that's one of the reasons that we post <laughs> this on Sunday night uh, to, to try to give uh, you guys some encouragement out there. But, but, you know, I want us to see if we can learn something uh, from Jeremiah's perseverance today. Sound well, good? Yeah, I look forward to it. Let's go. All right, well, you know, God made, made his call very clear to Jeremiah in chapter 1, and, and most of you preachers out there probably preached uh, at least a portion of chapter 1 of Jeremiah at one time. Uh, he told the young man, he was young, he was a youth, and he told him, he said, uh, listen, I got plans for your life. In fact, uh, he told him that he had plans for his life even before he was born. In uh, verse 5, he actually said uh, that he knew him, he sanctified him, and he ordained him uh, while he was still in his mother's womb to be a prophet to the nations. And, of course, we all know that Jeremiah resisted that call. Uh, He protested that he was too young to serve the Lord. Uh, He was unable to speak, he said. Uh, He just didn't think he could be a prophet. Yes, and I can also recall a time in my life where I uh, tried to run from God. And frankly, if you're listening to this podcast and uh, you're trying that or you have tried that, you'll know that it's not worth doing. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's never a good idea to disagree with God. Um, You're not going to win the argument. Uh, And and Jeremiah didn't. The Lord responded to him in verse 7. He said this, he said, Do not say I am a youth. You shall go to all that I send you. And whatever I command you, you will speak. It doesn't sound like God was giving him an option there, Joe. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> well, the, the Lord uh, didn't just give him this strong worded command, but the Lord also gave Jeremiah a promise. Uh, he said in, in the next verse, in verse 8, he said, Do not be afraid of their faces, because I am with you to deliver you. And Joe, here's the key I want us to focus on for a few minutes today. Uh, we learn an important key about persevering in God's call from from that verse, from Jeremiah 1.8. One of the most important things that you need to remember, and I need to remember, and all of our listeners need to remember, whatever your calling in life is, whether it's to be a pastor, a church planner, a missionary, a Christian counselor, a Christian educator, whether it's to be a mechanic, whether whether it's to to uh, be, you know, a, a teacher in the in the school system, uh, whatever your job is, God wants you to be a light, and He wants you to persevere in that. And one of the things that we all need to learn is this: when trials come and things get tough, 
remember you're never alone. Hmm. Uh, God, God promised his presence to Jeremiah. He also promised his presence to every believer today. You know, I was thinking about this last week, Joe, when we had a question on the lion's den about when you're feeling alone, and I almost brought it up then, but I thought, no, I I, I knew I was going to be talking about it the next week and uh, because I had planned for us to talk about Jeremiah today. But the fact of the matter is, is that is that God's promise is that Jeremiah is not going to be easy. You got a hard message. You got people with hard hearts that you're going to deliver it to. Uh, but but listen, I'm going to be with you, and so it's it's going to be okay. And, and Joe, you know, he's promised to be with every believer today. Um, it, one of the things we really can learn from Jeremiah is that we want to persevere. He did. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he persevered. You mentioned that earlier. Um, and one of the things that we can learn from his life is that the way he was able to persevere is he remembered he wasn't alone. And, and we can do that. I'm not alone. God's with me. No matter what my outward circumstances are, if everything's going great, wonderful. If things are going difficult, uh, he's still with me. If things are the, the worst they've ever been in my life, he's still with me. Because, Joe, he's promised he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. Uh, everyone else may forsake you, but God uh, is someone you can rely on. His presence will always be there if you know Jesus as your Savior. Mm. And that, that's uh, that's awesome, that, that promise that Jesus is always with us, that we're never alone. And President Ballard, I mean, if I can add, this might be a little bit of a curveball to you, but uh, recently an article has circulated Facebook uh, where a pastor saying he's he's taking a sabbatical because he's felt so distant from God. And, and frankly, I can say there's been times in my life where I, I felt distant from God. And I think sometimes if we allow those feelings to fester, we begin to feel like we're alone. But I know uh, that you can explain to us how Jeremiah uh, didn't allow those feelings to fester in his own life and maybe even share some of your own experience with that. You know, Joe, that's a that's a very good point. In fact, I uh, I caught that article. I didn't read the whole article, but I caught it as well uh, a few weeks back. But, you know, uh, there are times that uh, we feel alone, even as Christians. And, and what I've discovered is many times is because we've neglected our time alone mm-hmm. with God. Uh, and and our focus is more on the work instead of the one we're working for. So it goes back uh, to an issue of priorities. It, it really does. It, and it, it is the priority of keeping your relationship with the Lord fresh. And and I tell you what, I, I commend a pastor for saying, hey, I, I'm dry and, and I've got an issue here and I need to, I need to work on it. I need to be Absolutely. close to the Lord. Um, but, but, you know, we need to, to learn to live that way day in and day out. Um, and we can, we can see that in Jeremiah and, and it was definitely needed, um, after promising it there in chapter one. And, and by the way, usually we kind of stop in verse eight when we're, when we're <laughs> preaching this text. Oh, we do. And, and, uh, I prefer to <laughs> because, because the, the rest of the chapter is not too encouraging, Joe. No, sir. <laughs> Well, the fact of the matter is, is that, uh, is that uh, God goes on uh, after promising his presence, and he then demonstrates why he needs to do it. He tells him that he's ordained to be a prophet to the nations, not just to the nation of Israel. Yeah. But then he tells him what his ministry is going to be like. And before he could ever plant, he had to root up. He had to tear up the ground. Uh, before he could ever build... He had to tear down, 
And so he was going to have to tear down and, and root up some false doctrines that were out there. And uh, quite frankly, it was going to be it was going to be very difficult. Uh, but then God <laughs> made it even tougher after that. Uh, Jeremiah already knew this was going to be unpopular in his day. But in verses 17 through 19, the, the Lord tells Jeremiah that when he speaks the Lord's words to kings and priests and and to the princes and to the people, that they would all fight against him. Wow. <laughs> President Bond, I, I'm thankful I have not uh, faced a, a ministry quite like that in uh, the short time that I've been in ministry. Who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe it'll get worse. <laughs> um, but from what I can see, uh, as I read Scripture, it doesn't seem that Jeremiah ever had a convert. It doesn't seem that Jeremiah ever got to build. It seems like most of the time he spent tearing down. <laughs> he did spend a lot of time tearing down, and, and the building that he did and the planting he did was really just by telling him the truth, mm-hmm. and, and he did get a little bit of his time where he told, was able to convey that God God's blessing was going to come back on the nation mm-hmm. and that the nation would return, <coughs> excuse me, Joe, to, to him. But the fact of the matter is, Joe, you're, you're right. Um, we have no record in Scripture that uh, he ever convinced anyone. Uh, in fact, um, he faithfully preached, and uh, as he preached, the nation continued to fall away. And uh, as you know, Joe, uh, his life ends with uh, really the, um, the whole nation being destroyed and carried off into captivity. And uh, there he is, uh, known as the weeping prophet, as he laments um, Israel's turn away from God, uh, despite the warnings uh, that God had sent through others, and certainly through Jeremiah's life for his whole life. And um, yet he laments the fact that they didn't repent, and therefore uh, God used a, a, a pagan king and a pagan nation to come in and uh, really uh, just correct his own people. Yeah. You know, I'm often uh, tempted to think that I have it hard, and, and maybe I do. And our listeners, I'm sure, have said, I have it hard, or it's hard in my ministry context. Um, but just because it's hard, it didn't give Jeremiah the opportunity to stop persevering, did it? Mm, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and, you know, we all have different areas of hardship. And uh, what's hard for one person, another person may not think it would be hard for them, but that's because they're not walking in that person's shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is not many of us have faced what Jeremiah did. Uh, an entire life of preaching the truth, being persecuted, standing up, doing it all over again, and uh, never have, have one convert. But, but he did persevere, and he stands as an example for us, Joe. And he was able to do it simply because he relied on the promise of God. Mm. Uh, the Lord the Lord not only told Jeremiah that everyone would fight against him, but he also reminded him uh, that they would not prevail. Uh, Jeremiah was going to have a rough life, and he did. Uh, he faced many, many enemies, but the Lord was with him. Uh, God's presence amid opposition is far more powerful than the opposition itself. Uh, He could have compromised the truth and had a relatively comfortable life until the Babylonians destroyed Israel, like the rest of the country. But instead, uh, he persevered. If he wouldn't have persevered, he would have missed out on the blessing of God's presence. Uh, we, We don't want to persevere on our own or in our own strength. And you know what? We can't. 
persevere on our own or in our own strength. In fact, if we try, we're going to fail. But if we trust God, stand on his word, as we talked about recently in another episode, and if we're resting in the presence and the power of God, he'll be able to persevere, we'll be able to persevere no matter what obstacles we face. In fact, Joe, you remember uh, the uh, at the end of last year, our last episode of 2019, we talked about uh, the book, Priorities. And in that, in that book, I talk in a chapter about how do you persevere. And one of those things is relying on the promise and the presence of God. Hmm. Yeah, President Ballard, that... that <clears throat> Jeremiah obviously lived in a different context. You know, the, the church wasn't a thing. Uh, it was the nation of Israel, and he was <laughs> responsible for not only preaching to them, but also to the nations around him. But what does it say to the point that we mentioned at the beginning? There's a lot of pastors leaving churches, but sadly enough, most of them aren't just leaving churches. They're leaving the ministry. And mm. I was told at the beginning of my time here at NEBC when I was a freshman uh, that the statistics show that, like, one in five guys will will remain in the ministry 10 years after graduating oh. from a, a theological degree. And, and I can't say that that's been true of my peers, but I know a few of them that they are out of ministry. Oh. What does that say to a, um, what does Jeremiah say and teach to, to that situation? Yeah, Joe, that's, uh, that's really true. And you know, it is true today that uh, I think you mentioned earlier, 18 months is a marker you see in a lot of the things that are out there that a person leaves their church uh, but it's also true that not only 18 months, but but many, as you said, uh, after after 10 years of ministry, you can't even find them anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it, it's a lot of pressures out there, but they're they're no different than the pressures, or they're different, but they're no worse than the 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 pressures that uh, Jeremiah faced. So, Joe, I I would say this: don't quit. <laughs> I would say persevere. <laughs> You've heard me say that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, our listeners are beginning to hear me say that a lot too. But but listen, persevere by relying on the presence and power of God rather than your own strength. That's that's part of the problem. We we hear persevere and we think, okay, I got to persevere, and we try to muster it up within us. And uh, we really have to rely on the presence and the power and the and the promises of God. Um, it kind of reminds me of something that uh, I heard another preacher say often, uh, clear back when I was in college. Um, uh, Joe, you know I went to uh, Criswell College in Dallas, Texas, and the founder of that college was W.A. Criswell, the the pastor of First Baptist Church Dallas for many years. In fact, uh, he was pastor there for over 50 years at the same church. Can you imagine that? I can't. I haven't (laughs) even lived that long yet. (laughs) Uh, I remember when I could say that, but anyway... (laughs) You know, a, I, a few days ago, right? <laughs> yeah, just a few. Yeah, <laughs> not long. Hey, um, you know the 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 thing that impressed me while I was there is that church at that time uh, when I was going to Crystal College had in its entire history had only three pastors. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first pastor was there for a little over a year, and uh, because of illness and and so forth, he he stepped down. The next pastor was uh, George W. Truett. And he was there for, I, I'm trying to remember now, I think it was around 45 years. Mm-hmm. And then their third pastor, W.A. Criswell, there for, for over 50 years. And and under his leadership, uh, that congregation had a major impact on the, the 20th century in, in all kinds of ways. Uh, many Christian leaders came out of that congregation and from the college, the Criswell College. Uh, in fact, 
even the famous uh, evangelist Billy Graham uh, called called W. A. Criswell his pastor, and uh, First Baptist his church home. In fact, even after uh, Criswell, he kept his membership there for quite some time. Billy Graham was a member there. I think it was fifty five years in total. Wow. Um, so so Criswell um, knew something about persevering, and uh, during most of my college years, though. Uh, he was pastor of the church. He, we didn't see him at the college much. He would preach in chapel once or twice a year. Uh, but I would try to sneak out to uh, First Baptist whenever I had an opportunity when I wasn't preaching somewhere to, to go hear him occasionally. I wasn't a, a member there, but I tried to try to hear him. But then I was blessed my final year of college. Uh, Chris will taught two classes that year, one in the fall and one in the spring. And uh, I arranged my schedule so that I could take them both. And uh, so I, I got to hear him a lot. Um, and, and, you know, the, the thing I wanted to learn from him more than anything else is I knew, Joe, that I didn't want to contribute to the statistics of preachers who had left the ministry. Uh, I figured that uh, with Criswell's history, there must be something uh, that I could learn from him about uh, persevering and, and hanging in there. And, and there was one particular statement that he used to say quite often, uh, and it really stuck with me through the years. Uh, he, he used to say this. He used to say, hey, all you have to do is outlive your opposition. <laughs> 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 now, now, Chris will live to be 93. Yeah, so. yeah. Man, I'd hate to see how old his opposition is. <laughs> Well, you know, he would. Everybody would laugh as we just did. But then he would go on to say, "He would say, I don't necessarily mean they die, but, but you, you hang in there." He said, "You love on them, and you keep doing what you know God wants you to do, and don't let them, don't let them distract you. And some of them will eventually leave, and some of them won't. They'll continue to be a thorn in your side for a long time." He said, but, you know, the keys just outlive them, and one day they'll be gone, you'll still be pastor, and you just press on. And uh, so it's something, uh, it's a good statement, and uh, uh, there's some times in my, uh, in my life where I've been in that situation, I, and I would remember uh, Dr. Criswell standing up there, and he's, oh, lad, <laughs> just outlive your opposition, and you you'll know, be President all right. You know, President Ballard, I, I was curious if we were going to make it out of here without hearing the Criswell impression. That well, so many that one wasn't even very good. <laughs> I, when I was younger, I could sound more like him. I, I don't know what the deal is now, but but uh, he, he, would, he would tell us to... To outlive your opposition, just hang in there. Mm. President Ballard, the sheep bite, we know that, and, uh, oh. and we can see that. Dr. Crystal's statement uh, certainly <laughs> reminds us that there's opposition. and um, I could even say that, that looking at what you said, uh, you don't want to be one of those statistics. Uh-huh. I bet you most of the pastors, preachers, and people listening, oh. uh, and I bet you most of the pastors, preachers, and, and leaders that have left the ministry have said, I don't want to be part of that statistic. Uh, uh. Um, but I'm thankful that today you reminded us that it's not about my strength. It's uh. not about our strength. Um, and it's not about the people's thoughts of us. It's, it's uh. about God's strength and yeah. His promise that He'll never leave us. Uh, as, as we wrap up this week, do you have a closing thought, a closing word for us? I do, and it's built on uh, some, some of what you were just saying, Joe. Listen, persevere by relying on the presence, the promises, and the power of God. No matter what your circumstances are, you're not alone. Amen. Amen. Thank you, President Ballard, and thank you for joining us for Perspectives on Perseverance today.
If you'd like to know more about Northeastern Baptist College, please visit us on the web at nebcvt.org. No matter what today may bring, persevere and have a great day in Jesus. From the heart of the Northeast, for the hearts of the we will persevere as soldiers to the right or left. We will not fear. We will not run. We will not quit. For with Christ strengthened our